sing us the song of your people. Aldi, welcome to this episode 21 of the Where We Podcast. I am Orange Wolf, your host, and today I am getting getting in touch with a bunch of the creatures that came to the VA HAL 2022. Say hi, folks. Hello, hello. I'm Poshna, a fox from the Pacific Northwest. I'm Black Paws, also a fox from the Pacific Northwest. And yes, we had two people from like the opposite end of the country attending this, so that point might be interesting. I'm going to point out that he said he is a fox. He didn't say ah. I affiliate. Ooh. He's a, I'm a fox. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I got it. I got it. It is a blue <laughs> a woo hoodoo a woo, as uh, Zeph likes to uh, refer to it as over here. Uh, Who is this Zeph? Oh, brother. Orange wolf, or whatever you're currently calling yourself. I don't know. <laughs> Igbutanka, Igbuchanka, whatever. <laughs> Hello there. I'm Mange on the Range. Resident Leggy Boy from Virginia. We all look up to him. We want to give your real name so people... Not not real name, not real name. The, the other, other name. name. Oh, Oberion. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the other other fox. Are you known as Hashna in all the little places that you frequent, or do you have other, other names too? I usually go by Hashna. Uh, some people have nicknamed me Hosh. Yeah, I don't really have many other names other places. And I think the other tiger has to still go too. Didn't Leggy? Leggy did. Leggy yeah, I did. went. Oh. Mm-hmm. He okay. introduced uh, himself twice. I, I made him reintroduce himself. He's so nice oh. he introduced himself twice. Oh. Well then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am uh, T.A. Tiger Acolyte. Okay, now give them the, the real name, which is in the, the channel <laughs> list. Stripes that types. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you all on here. We kind of played around with the thought of recording at the Howl, and we just kind of decided to be cats about it and, and not do it. So oops. I brought everything this time. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> I didn't forget you, the you microphone. Did. I didn't forget the cables, the laptop. No, didn't forget anything. No, nope. couldn't, so, couldn't, so, do, so couldn't be do it. Who, who's a good boy? <laughs> but you know... It's it's fine because doing that takes a couple hours out of the experience, and I would rather have those couple hours experience and talk about it later, rather than give them up for something we could easily do afterward. And that's fair. I agree, and I think that's kind of what happened. We we kind of got caught up in the moment with some things, and uh, I think the experience was better for it actually. But we might not have gotten us in, in much trouble with Cards Against Humanity if we had chosen <laughs> to. No, absolutely not. Before we even get really far into this, the disclaimer, Black Paws is going to cancel the hell out of everybody here. <laughs> Already done. Except for Hashna. I think Hashna might be okay. <laughs> TA is definitely canceled. <laughs> definitely canceled. Yes. TA was hyperventilating at various points. <laughs> <laughs> As a person of color, all white people are equally responsible here. That's not fair. Just in Jewish heritage. I'm not white. I'm a fox. Uh, As a Siberian, I'm I'm claiming Asian heritage. So am I. You can Russian. Russian. (laughs) I call Asian heritage too. So yeah, 
I know we've, we've done a VA HAL recording before, so this is probably going to be a little different. We don't want to rehash the exact same things, mm -hmm. but I figured it would be nice to still have people go over what they thought was good about the HAL, what they thought could be improved with it, so share some of the experiences they've had, that kind of stuff. Sort of free-for-all-ish kind of thing. Okay, I will go ahead and start then, if no one has any objections. Well, I have many um, objections, but that's a different wow. story. Wow. I actually uh, have an objection, too. So before you even start, I'm going to cancel you before you even start talking, because I have something to cancel you for, too. <laughs> what? So Tiger Acolyte and Black Paws came in like a day earlier than everyone else, and they had the opportunity to go into this like really nice chocolate shop. Like when you step inside, the smell of all the candy and chocolate just knocks you off your paws, and they didn't bring any to share. I ate mine. I brought chocolate. Hey. T.A. made a hell of a chili. <laughs> he, he gets forgiven immediately <laughs> yeah, he for that. Did. That's not chocolate. Just because you didn't like it doesn't mean Jack. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like it. I ate it. Nom, nom, nom. Well, I will say that the things that were better this year were the fact that we had planned meals this time around. So we weren't wondering if, oh, yeah, I'm going to do something. Okay, well, when? Well, so it was it was a lot more organized on the... Um, planned meals part, and I think that was really good. People weren't starving. People weren't left wondering if they were going to eat or go hungry if they had to make their own food. So that was pretty good. It was nice to find some time to do a, a game of Cards Against Humanity. Not particularly, but just a game together. <laughs> um, it was like the longest game ever. That was like a few hours long, six, and it just kept getting yeah, worse and worse. Hours. We went through the it whole was. deck. The whole <laughs> yes. damn deck. Yes, the whole the whole subject cards. With expansion packs. Yeah, with expansion packs. It was awesome. I would say I wish there were more workshops. That would be nice. I wish people would get there earlier, you know, when things are actually starting. <laughs> I know that can be difficult to do. Some of us have a long drive, and some of us were finishing their last day in a current position at work. <laughs> Some of us were expecting some others of us to come and crash out at their place, and, and so they didn't make arrangement to come early. Some of us got screwed over by work and were forced to take work to the howl with them. Oh. Ugh. Oh. I know. I know life happens, but it, it's just <laughs> we make allotments for more time, and then only an extra person outside the host shows up. It's, it's uh, disappointing, but uh, I understand. I understand life happens. Is this what cat guilt's supposed to feel like? Because it's not really working for me. <laughs> it's like tepid at best. I mean, to be fair, I did get pulled over driving down. So, you know, I was oh, trying God. to get there as fast as I could. In a school zone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a point for that. Without registration. Let's not listen. And an incorrect license. <laughs> no more, no more, no more. <laughs> and he still Five. walks away. This stuff is... This stuff is getting cut out, by the way. <laughs> Have you taken care of that yet? Uh, so the long story short is that, yes, there was a lot of chaos leading into the, the howl, but uh, we all made it rain safely. Rain I stick. didn't bring the rain stick. No, you did I, not. I did not bring, mm. No, I did not bring it. Leggy boys made very clear that that was not acceptable. <laughs> Unacceptable. Not allowed. Rain on us a little bit, though. Yeah, a tiny bit. It was pleasant. Do it kind of like Lady Gaga, come on. I wasn't expecting it to rain, so I didn't put my uh, rain fly on my tent. So I got woken up with rain <laughs> directly on my face. Oh, I wasn't expecting it to rain 
either, but we were singing songs and Blue convinced me to continue singing one, even though I knew I shouldn't have. Hashna, you missed the first VHL that I went to where it literally rained in my tent. And that is with the rain cover. It was raining. There was a cloud wasn't there, in my but tent. I heard the legend. Yes. There was a pool in my damn tent. Luckily, I was on a slight incline, so it went to one side. However, this was a new experience for me, and I still don't quite understand it, and I blame a particular Siberian cat. It didn't really help the reputation of being a storm caller, did it? No. <laughs> that and the pat-pat-pat of the damn tarp. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I got head pats from that. That was an mm -hmm. interesting howl. I just consider that putting up tents expeditedly or expediently in the middle of a deluge is more or less of a team building experience. You know, it's, it builds personality. I was just happy to get to the damn campsite that particular hollow because the fog was so bad I couldn't see the front of my vehicle and I'm on mountain roads that I'm not familiar with. But eh, nope, the cat to see is no problem with this. That's why we chose Leggy Land this time. <laughs> We could call it Leggy that. Land. We could, we could have set up some big slides or something. Maybe a water slide <laughs> down into Leggy Lake. <laughs> it could be the... No, it's the hazing experience. Yeah, that could have been the project. It really should be. You know, Hashna, you're, you're lucky for not... And BP, how did the foxes not get hazed by Leggy Lake this time? <laughs> you didn't even notice they were there. That is just fox trickery right there. I got all my swimming in at the Northwest Howl. <laughs> swimming in the lake was my favorite part of this year uh, personally yep yep you yes. mean not swimming in the lake i mean but i really like visualized myself in the lake <laughs> so i really felt like i was there so like all it was up to my your knees part. yeah really i was about to say you're so tall that wouldn't be classified as swimming it would be called as waiting <laughs> standing Kind of, kind of like a crane walking through the lake here, gets way all the way across. It's like he still didn't get over his damn waist. <laughs> okay, so uh, workshop for next year is guided meditation for swimming. Yes, <laughs> yeah, straight into Leggy Lake. You know, oh bear, uh, bear mentioned this. Um, there was talk of like having a what is it? In the olden days, there was sort of like a watcher and people could meditate into, if they did that sort of thing, like M-shifting or anything like that, just sort of easing yourself into that mindset. Well, it's the right environment for that. Hmm. Brings up a good point, though. So how did you guys feel about being able to embrace your Therianness? Like, do you feel like you had the opportunity to get shifty or do you feel like your attention was too demanding toward being humany or you know what were your thoughts on that i think it took a little bit to really lift up the mask you're so so used to wearing around people you're not used to seeing but once it was up it was a lot easier to get in that that mood especially that after that walk we had zeph where we just got to vibe and sibe Hawk, you had me running in sandals <laughs> you and secret doggo <laughs> <laughs> I've run a 5k in sandals and your point. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we caught a frog too. We did. <laughs> and spiders. And didn't murder my water bottle. 
we kind of think that this year you just kind of you remained too alert for us to do stuff like yeah. that, which is cheating. Yeah, it is cheating. I felt more at peace than previous years where I felt a little bit on edge and waiting for the other paw to drop here. So I was just kind of just <laughs> chilling out and letting my ears do their thing and picking up on all your craziness there. <laughs> and then if I go to salute trees, then, you know, someone has to go and try to sneak around. <laughs> I, I got traumatized so many times it's, it's not surprising you'll learn your lesson that's all that matters <laughs> i really didn't learn my you lesson you didn't you know like it's like an hour later <laughs> just walking on so, me yeah <laughs> he was in the bathroom <laughs> so okay i brought various pelts so that people who were attending could, you know, if they wanted to come in contact with them, uh, either for a spiritual reason or Therian reason or just to vibe with them, whatever, that they would have the opportunity to. And of course, since I brought the pelt, multiple people, myself included, felt the need to smudge around my tent. <laughs> and, you know, I, I actually had good faith effort of getting sitting down in there and, and smudging the space out and everything. And I see someone creeping around outside my tent and I'm like, what the hell is this nonsense? There was nothing creeping about it. And sure enough, sure enough, it's it's Blue who is like parading about my tent with parading sage. <laughs> yes, it was in your maw, and you were you had your tail all pointed up to the sky, and your your muzzle all up to the sky. And so so at a later point, he starts being suspicious around the tents again. And I'm like, what the hell? So I'm a tiger, of course. So I'm going to try to sneak up on him. Suspicious. And I really find out that I should not have snuck up on him. <laughs> <sighs> There's no privacy to howl is what you can find out. There's really not. And then a few hours later, I'm trying to go potties in the potty and use the litter box because, you know, I'm a feline and I demand a litter box everywhere that I go. And there's a litter box in the caboose that we use. So I try to go into the restroom and I'm minding my own business. And T.A. screams at me because he's already in the litter box. <laughs> now, for everyone who has not been to this location, there is no lock. There never has been any lock on the, the <laughs> restroom. And there is a light that happens to be, you know, very clearly evident when someone is in there. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think I had the light on. Did y'all make eye contact? <laughs> yes. We uh, did, and, and all kinds of yowly sounds. It wasn't quite like the Karen fight that y'all were listening to. <laughs> with but... the lynxes. Given I was in there with them, I did hear the strange set of noises that came out, and I was looking like, what the hell are they doing? Oh, God. What a, what, whatever, it's cats. <laughs> uh, catastrophe is what it was. Uh, but um, So, yeah, it's... It was um it was a traumatizing experience for you. <sighs> um I'd like to sort of finish up and say that that last bit of vibin and zibin really had the effect of igniting the animal part of me in terms of well before it was feeling kind of weak and just like mad and then after that it was all perky and very close to the surface and I really enjoyed feeling that again. So this is sort of like a private experience, but if you're okay with me sharing it, I yeah, can go ahead and say that. Go ahead. I realize in the last howls, I've been too much in human mode. I've kind of been like a helicopter parent. I want to make sure nobody gets hurt and everybody's having fun, blah, blah, blah. 
so I don't really get to enjoy like my myself in like the shifty kind of way. Sometimes I don't get to experience the moment as much as I would like to. So this howl, I tried to make a better effort of doing that. At one point, I'm like, you know, TA, we haven't really hung out. I know you kind of want to vibe, so let's just go for a walk. So we do, and we bring Secret Doggo. And, like, there are a few points that we, we, we like, started chasing after each other and, like, <laughs> wrestled a little bit, too. And, and Secret Doggo was like, what are you guys doing? What are the kitty cats? The kitty cats are weird. But, yeah, like, exploration and allowing ourselves to be in the moment and kind of vibe in that tiger sort of way. So I, I do think that was nice. Um, and it's not something that in previous howls I've allowed myself as much time to do, I don't think. So it was a good opportunity to kind of just bees. Definitely. I could say one of my favorite points was when BP and I got a chance to go and do a wander and find that quartz we had found earlier. And uh, just be able to wander off and chill and chat a little bit and have some of those barriers fall down and, and have some honest conversation because BP is a amazing individual. <laughs> Confused the hell out of me with the mixed vibes that uh, that he just emanates. Sorry. But it was also very interesting to me because it's somebody that I haven't met anybody quite like that before. It was a curiosity to me in a way, but I, I found it really enjoyable and, and got to see through some of the camouflage that, that the fox the fox spirit just naturally exudes. I, I got one story I enjoyed. I was at Anthrocon in Pittsburgh, one of the only times I've been there, and I was representing a different fox as, a, as an artist. I brought his work and was dealing with the dealer's gallery and all that stuff for, that, for him for that. So I had a lot of fox medicine vibes around me and I sat off in the chair and my raven sister was there. And the person who invited me, who happens to be Coyote, I didn't know that at the time, but that's a different story, got a little upset that they, like, where the hell did I go? I wandered out of the room. They got, I mean, they were getting pretty belligerent about, about me, and my raven sister is staring at me, giggling her ass off, because she sees me. No one else in the room could see me. I was just sitting in the corner, in, the, in a chair, and just chilling, and just watching this entire thing unfold with her just cracking up at this point. And finally, like, what is so funny? And she just, she couldn't say anything. And finally, I stood up. I said, I'm right here. Where the hell did you come from? <laughs> it was remarkably entertaining. But that's, that's one of those gifts of Fox that you can just blend into the background and no one even notices you're there. <laughs> you could watch the whole thing. And uh, I, got, I got to see a little bit of that at BP. I got to see a little bit of that at Hashna. Uh, BP just had a little bit. Eh, BP's BP. Best way I can put it. <laughs> but I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I look forward to uh, getting together with him again at some point, even if it's out on the West Coast, because uh, I wouldn't mind going back to Seattle at some point. Yeah. I really don't think he's going to want to hang after that after that no. uh, <laughs> Cards Against Humanity game. I really don't. <laughs> I owned my cards. They're all suspects. After the fact, but I owned them. <laughs> <laughs> so for for you two foxes like do you feel like there was a, an opportunity for you two to indulge in your foxishness or do you think that there are things we could have done better or you know what are your thoughts just in general well i'm naturally kind of skittish around uh other folks uh but 
I definitely really enjoyed myself while going for some walks. Considering my uh, long-standing skepticism, I'm not exactly sure that kind of question is, I guess, relevant to me. I think it's pretty relevant to you. Uh, you've already admitted we have it on recording. We're never getting rid of that. Yeah, you literally said in the beginning. I didn't admit anything. I, uh-huh. I, I was playing along, uh-huh. okay? <laughs> That's us. We'll, we'll see if that holds up in the court of law. We are still sharing that with Barrex. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you see, I... <laughs> I try to tell people, I try try to give a full view of my psyche and my situation, but people just keep ignoring me. Well, I'm sorry, what's that? <laughs> womp womp. Yeah. I make a good faith effort to be honest and truthful, you know, full, the, you know, the full picture. <laughs> I tell you these people. These people. Oh, okay. Now, uh huh. Okay. Uh, yes. It just reminds me of your reaction. <laughs> we, we, folks. Yes. Okay. <laughs> to clarify, uh, we played a game of cards against humanity. <laughs> One that went on for quite a bit because I guess we were just, you know, vibing with each other, having fun. <laughs> When it was my turn to uh, judge on the black card, I started noticing uh, cards that referred uh, to my ethnicity. Now, I-, I was the only person of color there, unless you count uh, Obreon over there, who is who's, uh, part Native American. But <laughs> without getting into the details, uh, let's just say the trend continued. <laughs> I think seriously, someone <laughs> stockpiled those cards specifically for you, and I'm like, who is doing this? Yeah, at least once or twice, somebody gave it to that someone. Was me. Gave those cards that to somebody me. else, which I appreciate. <laughs> I I had to. I couldn't. I thought about saving it, and I said, I can't do this. And TA had been hyperventilating so often that I'm like, he's getting it. <laughs> and sure enough. <laughs> the other two cats were like almost passing out just the degree it was which they were laughing and not breathing <laughs> like now so yes ca is totally innocent by the way <laughs> totally innocent so yes this, to sum up uh, i the only person of color amongst a bunch of white people Got viciously attacked through cards against humanity. It and says on the all box, that. a horrible game for horrible people. What did you expect? Absolutely. I brought Werewolf. I brought One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I don't get that. If someone has brought Werewolf every how so far, and, we and we've played never it. played it once. <laughs> and yet we keep playing this horrible, horrible game. For what it's worth, I, I was attacked too at some point. I know it's not the same degree, but you know, a lot of people that that came to the HAL know that I kind of struggle with like ADHD, and I don't remember what the question was one round. But um, literally, someone played like the Adderall card, and then the next person <laughs> played shiny object, and I was just done. Like I'm like, y'all suck. It was me who played know, Adderall. Then, it was Manny was Boy it? who who played shiny objects, and Manny Boy won. Damn it. <laughs> What was it? Oh, ADD? No. I it was played in another one. 
or something like that? Something like that. That wasn't me. I don't remember that card. No, that was me. <laughs> it was brutal. It was it was just wrong. They do not call back game cards against humanity for nothing. No. <laughs> they really don't. <sighs> so yeah, I come all the way from the West Coast to meet my fellow podcasters, and this is what I get. Although I suspect I should have expected it. I am just going to point out that if Bear X was there, it would have been ten times worse. <laughs> I can only imagine. Would have been, yeah. <laughs> We're going to kidnap him. Probably. Yeah, we need to. Yep. He's sort of on the way if I cross through the DC area, which I hate doing. It's for him, though. Do it for him. As it is, I did go back through the DC area on that whole cluster of the Beltway, and I only had a handful of points that it was like, I want to kill myself because of the traffic. It's not anywhere as near as bad as when I was coming back from Carolina on vacation with the family, when a, a particular cat abandoned the opportunity to get together and left me. Oh no 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 no! So you know, okay, so you know what? You just messed yourself because the last time you brought this up on the podcast, I was nice and just let it slide. No, <laughs> you were the one who flaked out on me and the other wolf. We gave you plenty of advance notice, and you just didn't answer your phone. Bad dog. Bad. <laughs> I it set this all up. We had a plan, and then there was a change in your plans that was going to set me off by two hours, which would have been less than the time I spent sitting on the beltway. In the retrospective, I should have just gone that way anyways and dealt with it. However, at the time, Google Maps was telling me something different. So wait, wait, wait. Repeat <laughs> that again? This is only in retrospect. <laughs> and you would trust Google Maps over me? Oh, absolutely. Any day. <laughs> And look at what happened. You had a 16-hour car drive. I, I, I did. <laughs> My pup was a trooper through it. She did phenomenal. I was a miserable bastard when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get uh, hear some more from Leggy. Leggy, what, I, do you want to share your thoughts on the Howl? Yeah, sure. I had a really good time. I think one of the things I really enjoyed was VP and TA actually arriving on Wednesday. That was very nice. Yeah, because the three of us were able to have that mm -hmm. time, kind of start to get to know each other, um, me reconnecting with TA and BP, this is the first time I had gotten to meet you. And then being able to be down to the house space early ahead of everyone else was also really chill. Um, we got oh, to go yeah. on some really good walks and the weather was great. I definitely found myself struggling to get out of human mode and real world mode i think that's just part of the trade-off of hosting an event i think that just my personality kind of it's a little harder to get out of that stuck place of feeling like i have to like zeph mentioned helicopter checking in on everyone <laughs> yep helicoptering but i know what really got me out of that was having the individual time with some of you guys on walks and definitely the drum circles uh, yes. We did drum circles on Friday and Saturday night, and that really kind of just allowed me to kind of let go of some of the more worldly concerns that I was carrying. I think it was a wonderful time. I agree with TA when it comes to planning meals. I think that worked out great. It was a little chilly the first two nights, but nothing that a sleeping bag and a big old heffalump pup 
<laughs> uh, curled up to me, uh, didn't take care of. Yeah, so I think I think it was a great success. One thing I did like to see too this year was that it was more frequent that people kind of went off and did like one-on-one things with other people and like connected in their own. Uh, I think in previous years, people more or less clustered together and I didn't see as many people going for walks and things like that. And it sounds like people really took that opportunity to kind of just get out there with someone else and, and connect in that sort of a direct way. So I think that's pretty cool. I liked having events there again. I thought, you know, like the, the entire group just, gelled a little bit better but a lot of us have been there multiple times now where we're starting to get comfortable with each other to a certain degree even though it's only once or twice a year we see each other there's a familiarity that allows us and with uh leggy boy i mean, I remember you with that first howl i'm really liking who you've evolved to the highs aren't so high which they were great but the lows ain't so low you know, you're much more uh, low amplitude wave now, which I think is actually a good thing for you and for just the, the nature of hosting the Howl, especially. And I thought you did a great job. I thought Zeph did a great job of doing a lot of the coordination as well. And I love the fact that you took that first workshop that we did with the drum. You still have that drum. You've done modifications to it. I thought it sounded great. I think it looks great. I think there's so much that resonates from what we did over all these years now of, of doing this. That just everything is just meshing in a really, really cool way for me as a, you know, a veteran of all this stuff, especially the, the distance we have to travel for some of us. I love the fact that TA comes up and uh, BP came all the way. I, I did not expect, I didn't expect anyone from the Northwest to come out this way. And I'm thrilled that Hash and I got out there too. Everything just meshed really well this time. It was more cohesive than I've ever seen the Howl. And it feels like we definitely are building off of the foundational steps that we developed in the first few Virginia Howls, too. I definitely agree there. Like, people are learning to trust each other more. Last year, we tried doing a drum circle, but it, I know I wasn't confident. I don't know if O'Brien was very confident in it. You know, we played the drums, but like this year, it was definitely like a step up from what we had previously had. And I, I thought that was very interesting. And it seemed like everyone kind of got into that, too. I think one of the things that everyone thinks of when they think of a drum circle if you haven't done it before is like oh how do i do this what happens how do i no it's someone starts the pattern someone fills in the pattern and someone fills in the sub pattern and then anyone can own it and change that beat that pattern and take the primary or take the secondary or take the tertiary or the, would it be quaternary or whatever and evolve it from that in an interesting way. And you just got to basically say, what sounds good to me? What feels right to the sound that I now hear is dominant? And just let it go and just flow with it. And I thought we did a really good job. And then, you know, some songs started. I thought that was awesome that we got to share that. You know, it was very organic for that for me. I'm honestly surprised that people let me sing after the whole, do you want to go for a ride? <laughs> There's a reason we didn't record. Fair. <laughs> it was stuck in everyone's head. I will say, you guys are really good at singing, though. And also, thank you again for letting me borrow the drum. I really need to get one for myself. You're most welcome. Like I said, we'll 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 talk offline about that. <laughs> that that's something we can we can work on and work on a kit for you. Thank you. I think it means a lot when you build it yourself, which a lot of the the Howell attendees have that opportunity to do. I think it just it helps. Gives you that deep connection to it. Hmm. Yeah, I've always found when I make things, I'm a lot more connected to it than just store-bought items. So, yeah, thank you. 
I also enjoyed seeing uh, how many people got to chop wood. We got to see <laughs> some wood chopping skills. Yeah. Uh, Ashna is real intense with it. Like, really good. Thank you. I was impressed. We had some practice at the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, Hall, right? I tend to do a lot of wood chopping. And you couldn't find me anything to put an actual edge on that blade. I used a stone. Literally a stone. <laughs> you did a good job with that stone. Yeah, you did. It's not my first time hacking something together when it comes to putting an edge on something like that. Next time, I'm going to have to bring them all, though. Because <laughs> at least I have the weight. Is it your first time getting someone stoned at the howl? Yes, as a matter of fact. Will you maul them? Um. Oh, no. Well... Depends on if the light's right. If there's no light, if we go to a new moon and there's no shadow or anything like that, maybe. <laughs> you don't want them to see it coming. Zest tent tend to be right next to mine, so. Uh, okay. He was having tent envy, too. Okay. No, no, no. So we're going to, okay, fine. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> I, I've got some beefs with Blue, and they're going to come out with this recording. <laughs> I get my tent out, and it's nice kitty castle sort of thing, because I'm a side, but I need all the extra room and space and everything. Blue arrives and he starts unpacking his tent and he parks it literally like inches from mine. I'm like, there is all this room. What are you doing? It was the flattest area. You took the best spot like you did the pre previous year. Well, yeah, that's what cats do. What do you expect? Yeah. You obviously have not been around wolves enough yet. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's speechless. I'm not speechless, I'm just face-pawing is all. <laughs> I'm glad I can return the favor for the first time in how many years? Uh, well, he almost got lucky. Zeph had a piece of sage that was very bent on staying lit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I'm pretty sure I almost burnt my tent down, which would have burnt Blue's tent down, too. But um, none of that happened, so yay. <laughs> Do you want to go for a ride? <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then, um, what was it? The most venomous caterpillar on uh, Ovens's <laughs> cooler. So, okay, uh, I wanted to mention one thing that I wish Ovens was on to talk about, but it seemed like he was, I don't know if he was training archery or just practicing it, but I thought it was kind of cool that there, there was a little bit of archery going on there. I kind of wish that I could have got to participate in that, but I think that's something I would definitely like to see next year. We talked about workshops and things like that, and I think that, that that may not necessarily be a quote unquote workshop, but I still think it's really cool that people get the opportunity to try those kinds of things, practice and, and learn techniques. I thought that was pretty cool. Totally agree. Does that mean we get to play pin the tail on the cat? I stayed as far away as I could. <laughs> but I think Hashna killed a leaf, though, and that leaf was pretty dead. They caught many a leaf. Oh no, Hashna! Oh man, oh. she not only caught a leaf; she was kung fu flycatcher. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. I developed a new technique at the Howl, where uh, apparently, if you like slowly draw your finger towards a fly, they won't notice. And when you get real close, you like dart your finger forward and you uh, snag their foot with your fingernail. And I caught like five or six flies that way. I caught it on video. It was so awesome. You did. You need to send that to me. Oh, yes, I will. I forgot all about that. And yeah. then you fed them <laughs> you to fed the dogs. Them. Yeah, I fed a couple to the dogs. <laughs> so now Kenai has a taste for blood. Yep. You're welcome. Which is another subject I need to loop back <laughs> on because murderer. But 
then the following day, this hellacious horsefly, yeah. <laughs> like a dire horsefly. I don't know how this thing was so big and annoying and out for blood, but it came back for vengeance. It was probably a deer fly. It was, it was, I don't know. It was, it favored your temp. It did. It really did. I, I like paw swatted it out like twice and <laughs> going back in and I'm like, don't do that. And then it came after me. Again, I'm seeing no problem with this. Rude. <laughs> but uh, Secret Doggo wouldn't eat that one, of course. So eh. And Hashto wouldn't catch it for us. Huh? Yeah, what's up with that? Wait, sorry, I was focusing on driving. You didn't for a you didn't catch the, the big big fly. Yeah, yeah you I'm didn't catch it for us. gonna bite the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely fucking not. We're already cancelled, it doesn't matter. BP oh. cancel us at the start, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of driving, uh, I had yeah. a hell of a time getting to the Howl. Oh, yeah. Was that four lanes off? That that was hell for you. Yeah. So I am a long-haul truck driver, which is how I was able to get from the Pacific West to the Howl. And I was trying to drop off a load, uh, a couple hundred thousand of pre-made PB&J sandwiches. And I get stuck in this huge traffic jam. So I arrived to this warehouse like two hours late. They're like, sorry, your appointment was two hours ago. We can't get you in. So talk to my dispatcher and my dispatcher sets up a new appointment. And he's like, yeah, the soonest we can get you in is on the 25th, which is the last day of the howl. So I'm like, great. <laughs> I'm going to miss the entire howl. So I talked to Leggy Boy. He's like, yeah, there's enough space on the property just bring the trailer with you. So I got permission from a dispatcher and I brought a semi truck with a 53 foot refrigerated trailer with probably a few hundred thousand, uh, <laughs> like crustless PB and J pre-made sandwiches <laughs> to the howl. And none of them were that were stolen that you know of. Hey, there's a padlock in that trailer. <laughs> and so hold on, hold on. So Obreon, Black Paws, and TA went to a chocolate shop and didn't bring me any. Hashna has a whole trailer full of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I didn't get any of those. <laughs> it's just messed up. All you, huh? Greedy. I'm a fox, after all. I ain't sharing. I'm stealing. Swiper, no swiping. <laughs> oh, no. The fox brought their own hen house and they ain't sharing. <laughs> Secret Doggo definitely appreciated zooming after you on the scooter. So that was kind of fun to watch. That was insane. You are a maniac on that thing. Yeah. Oh, you should see my other scooter. I'm afraid to. So the scooter that I have in my truck is a uh, Apollo Explorer, if anyone knows electric scooters. Personal record on that thing, 27 miles per hour. Relatively, compared to those rental scooters, yeah, it's pretty fast. I scooted around the property. Got another scooter at home, a Cabo Wolf King. If anyone listening knows electric scooters, once what again. What was that? What was that? Wolf King? <laughs> you shush. <laughs> My Cabo Wolf King, on average, I could do about 60 miles per hour. What? Uh, my personal record is 67. Yeah. <sighs> Wear a motorcycle helmet, slide vest, and it's not legal, but they treat me like a motorcycle. So. Wait, so this, this is a scooter you stand on? Yes. It's a two-wheeled skateboard with handlebars, but it weighs over Oh my over god, pounds. and it goes 60 miles an hour. Yes. It's too heavy to bring in the truck, though. Oh. 
maybe I could figure something out, but I just fall over just looking at it. The healthcare provider in me that makes so much anxiety. <laughs> so much anxiety. <laughs> just keep in mind that everyone did have to sign a waiver. The son of a nurse that brings so much anxiety in me. <laughs> I didn't crash it. In about 40 I only crashed it once. It's only one. Completely screwed up the scooter, though. So that's a story all on its own if you want to hear it. <laughs> so I'm riding back home from my partner's house. I bring my thumb up to hit the turn signal when I hit a bump. And it's real dark out, so I don't see this bump. Now the scooter goes shooting out from under me. And I, like, hit the asphalt feet first. Like, scooter basically blinked out of existence. Was kind of what it felt like. Oh my god, it's a projectile. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm tumbling across the pavement. I'm getting like flash frame images of my scooter sliding across the pavement, throwing sparks, the car behind me slamming on the brakes, the sky, which Washington at night, it's dark. Mm -hmm. And I use my arms, road rashing the hell out of my arms, to slide on my back because I'm wearing a vest and it doesn't protect my arms, but it protects my torso. So now the slide's doing all the damage to uh, my vest. I catch my shoulder on a rock, so I start tumbling again. Ugh. And then eventually, eventually I come to a stop. Now, I rock it up. Somehow, I have not broken any limbs. I half run, half limp to my scooter. I pick it up. I get off the road. The guy that was slamming on the brakes behind me, he pulls up and he's like, oh my God, dude, you just fucking wiped out. Do you need me to call you an ambulance? And I'm like, no, no, it's okay, dude. It's okay. I'm fine. I look down at my leg and there's a stream of blood coming out of my right leg. I'm fine, dude. <laughs> the shoelaces on my left foot are completely ground off. Little metal eyelets for my shoelaces, those are ground shut. So I can't like relace my shoes. Oh. And then I realized my phone is nowhere to be found. Oh, no. So at this point, the guy had, that had stopped had left. I finally oh, no. convinced him to go. But now I need to find my phone, and I can't find it anywhere. Got to catch my breath. So um, there's this guy walking down the street. Uh, and I go up to him, and I ask if I could borrow his phone. And he's got his phone in his hand. But he uh, says, like, uh, no, no inglés. Or something along those lines. I don't speak Spanish, but the guy doesn't speak any English. So I'm like half passed out and I'm trying to pantomime to this guy to like borrow his phone. He's got his phone in one hand and a meth pipe in the other. So this guy's also <laughs> strung out too. So I eventually get him to hand me his phone. I call my phone on it and there's my phone ringing as it gets run over by a car going 50 miles per hour. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. And that's the story oh, of how I no. crashed my fast electric scooter. Oh, you know, Hashna, you just made my entire colonoscopy period this year seem all that much better. <laughs> you at least did not rub yourself all over the pavement and then personally witness your phone getting crushed underneath the car. Yeah. When they started the injection through the IV to, to knock me out and it felt like someone was petting my arm in a very light way. I don't remember anything after that until I woke up in the recovery area. So those flashes you had, yeah, I didn't have any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't pass out. I was wearing a motorcycle helmet, so I was fully conscious. 
Ugh. Like, I was probably tumbling across pavement for a couple seconds, but it felt like a fucking eternity. So, first off, thank you for wearing a helmet. Second off, thank <laughs> you for wearing leathers, so you can at least be, have some protection, because I know enough people around here on the crotch rockets go shooting up in t-shirts and shorts, and it's like, wow, you're begging for it right now. <laughs> yeah. Have your skin torn off. Oh, my skin was torn off my shoulders, my arms, and my legs real bad. Ugh. My uh, t-shirt was still worn up because it was a sleeveless vest that I was wearing. And I would not have gone to the hospital. But the day after that, I was going camping with a friend. They're like, I am not going to let you go camping with us unless you go see a doctor. So <laughs> I go to the urgent care clinic. They clean me up. They bandage me properly. Because like, I had this one on my left shoulder. But my right arm was all messed up, so I couldn't reach my left shoulder. So anyway, they get me patched up, and they throw me opiate painkillers like they're uh, candy. I didn't need them. You ever feel like you're falling asleep without being tired? (laughs) (laughs) Fun times. Not to deviate too far, but I know a gentleman that I used to work with who something happened. He ended up on pebbles in the spring. Uh, Around here, we put a lot of sand down on the roads and salt on the roads because of the ice. His bike ended up wrapped around a guardrail, and he went sliding down the pavement about 500 yards. Oof. Oh, shit. He was in full leather, except it tore all that away, and it chewed up most of his, most of half of his body. Ugh. When he finally got back to work after about three months, he was on a IV drip system for antibiotics for yeah. about six months until the grafts and everything finally took. And he showed us once, and I'm like, I really didn't need to see that. I appreciate you showing me, but I, I'm good. I'm good. I feel like we need to have folks sign a waiver to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, they know what they're getting into. That, that's fair. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not hold any of the hosts reliable for any psychological <laughs> damage. See, there's our disclaimer right there. There's only one host. It's Zeph. The rest of our just uh, are just <laughs> primary contributors. <laughs> fair, fair. To get back to uh, one of the topics we talked about earlier and in, into the how, at one point, uh, uh-huh. we could have died to death. Several times, in fact. Figure we need to discuss that. Um, so there's, there's a certain point in the how where I'm just kind of like minding my own business and I hear something about a hairy caterpillar. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, this is an, an, a, a weird topic to just hear out of the blue it gets my attention and i start hearing people trying to describe this thing like it sounds like it looks like it's a quote-unquote baked slug but no it has fur (laughs) and all these really weird descriptions and i'm like hold on this sounds really close to something that i like heard about on social media about a week or two ago and if i remember correctly it's one of those don't touch things so uh, we go over to Ovin's cooler, and sure enough, this little fuzzy, hairy caterpillar thing is just kind of vibing there, and uh, apparently it's one of the most venomous insects in the United States. So like, if you were to touch it, it's got like little barbs that it hides under its fur, and apparently it causes a whole lot of pain. So, ooh, that, that was not... Yeah, we need, to, we need to add that on the disclaimer, too. <laughs> and then there was a the time... Where I was just minding my own business, videotaping the fire, and uh, the flames suddenly shift direction, and they're, they're about like six inches from my face. <laughs> did you at least get that on film? Yes, I did. 
they probably weren't six inches, but they were very close. They were close enough that it was like, ah, that's hot. Burn gold tiger. Yeah. Made the comment about setting the cat on fire. Don't kitties like being warm? Again, we're okay with trying these experiments. I'm sure oh, you no. are. Usually it's me that I'm afraid is going to catch on fire, so it's uh, I'm glad to hear it's someone else now. You know, this is your this is your role now. If you look at a wolf tail, it looks like it would make a really good fire starter. There's all that floofy fur that's all kind of bunched up. It's nice and short, so you can lead it straight. It's called elegance. It's not too large. It's not <laughs> too short. It's got just the right right amount of floof. Kind of wags too much though. <laughs> perfection and then poor zeph almost lost his finger oh oh yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah it's it was a, a, a tragic again it, this also probably needs to go in the waiver <laughs> obreon <laughs> <laughs> the past few years i brought secret doggo to the howl and you know, she's <laughs> the alpha basically this year obreon brought a new friend for secret doggo and I guess, hmm, how, how would we describe that? You did this to yourself. <laughs> That's how I describe it. You did it to yourself. So, Hunter is lacking in social graces. Is that a good, is that an accurate description? Yes, and he's a horse, so you need to feed him treats like a horse. Yes, so, um, I, I Secret Doggo was showing off, and, you know, she gets treats because of it, because she's the alpha. So, I, I start, like, trying to give the same kind of attention to Hunter and uh, I, I offer him a treat and he tries to take my whole finger with it. And he like, didn't succeed. He actually, yeah, I still actually have like a blood blister where he, <laughs> he caught me with a spat. Uh. Oh, that's crazy. I took it as an opportunity to see what kind of training methods might work for him. And we, we eventually, yeah, I guess giving him treats, with your hand out with your palm up and the treat on it and praying <laughs> to whatever gods you believe in is the, the answer for that one. So you were praying to coyotes. I did nearly lose a finger a couple times while trying to feed those dogs flies. <laughs> did they enjoy the flies though? That's, that's what it really comes down to. When they were able to get <sighs> the flies. Yes. And did you really need those fingers? And yeah, I do still have the finger <laughs> somehow. <sighs> Which one of you critters was I on the walk with when uh, Secret Doggo went on a murderous rampage? Uh, that was me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So me and me and Manny Boy were like kind of doing walkabouts, and Secret Doggo just kind of charges out in the middle of the forest. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on here? <laughs> and and kills this mole. And I'm like, oh no, my mate's been kind of encouraging her to kill the ground moles around here because they tear up the, the everything in her yard. So I'm like, oh, I really don't I'm kind of upset that she killed this thing, but my mate would like try to support her for this. Oh, conflicted. <laughs> Instead I, I just took a picture of it and made it into a meme, so I guess that's how you honor. I don't know. Oh the turkeys seem real interested in her. Yes. That that time we were walking around and there's this whole flock of turkeys that took off. Thinking about that on my individual walk, I ran into a flock of turkeys. However, that reminds me, there was a magnetic anomaly going on there because all of our compasses were screwed up. <laughs> Zeph. So oh, wait, hold on. Who who else is who else confirmed this? Because 
I I had two compasses screwed up that I couldn't explain I, why. And Leggy Boy, uh, my phone compass wouldn't work. Yours too? I didn't know that. Who was in the tent with me? Because I was trying to. I was in my tent I, at one point, and I, I brought my compass in, out. I wasn't in the tent with you, but I saw you do it, and you were confused. And then I went and I tried to use my phone compass, which was <laughs> screwed me up. And then I went and I got my actual compass, which was equally screwed up until I went to a, a different area. And then it just like whoop, right back to normal. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out like which which directions were north, south, east and west just from the compass because I was being lazy and didn't want to go out of the tent and look at the sky and all that stuff, too. And I'm sitting there and I'm holding it still in my hand and it's not settling on a direction for north. And I'm like, huh, this is weird. Um, Maybe I'm just having a derp moment or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's when a few minutes later, uh, Blue kind of like yanks me by the scruff and is like, hey, um, there are magnetic anomalies and uh, you're going to have to fix this. <laughs> it was consistently off by at least 80 degrees for a while. Is that why we saw so many feathers around the place? All the birds are confused, too? I hadn't thought about you that, know. but it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Ugh. I don't know who left feathers on the deck, but I stole them, and they're mine now. <laughs> I think we all did get some pretty nice feathers from that, too. Uh, lots of turkey feathers all over. Um, I got some turkey feathers. I think one of them that I got was a turkey. And I'm also pretty sure that's legal. You certainly didn't get anything other than tricky feathers that you kept. Otherwise, you left them in a very open outside place. Yes. Right, Zev? Yes. 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 Good. Just to make sure we were clear on that. <laughs> so I still have a uh, tricky feather from the uh, Northwest Howl. And then I got a turkey feather at this Howl. Am I starting to develop like a ritual of some sort or a tradition? No, 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 Hashna, what you have is you have a turkey feather that has been shaped and painted <laughs> to look like a turkey feather. That'd be one damn big turkey <laughs> That's what you have. Wink, wink. Wait, it's legal to have turkey feathers? They're not a songbird. Oh. Eagle feather law is very complicated, and songbirds are in that set. You have a turkey feather. Oh. That's quite a song. Hey, do not upset the turkey. Yeah, I've got a shaved and uh, colored turkey <laughs> feather, but I do have a crow feather in Minecraft. For our younger audiences, I would get that meme. Crow feather in Minecraft is totally different. Do not upset the Corvids there, leggy boy. <laughs> Snake skin. I'm sorry, I'm like a decade older than most other Therians. I'm about to turn 46. You're damn young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> mid-20s. Early to mid twenties. In fact, we made so many comments about sacrificing you because you were the youngest among us. <laughs> Yay, freedom from the flesh prison. <laughs> but that is a thing I've noticed. Most Therians are either thirty plus or they're all teenagers. There's like no twenty something Therians. That's because they're all sick of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. I think once you're 30, you just kind of, you're like, you reach that threshold where you're like, okay, I'm kind of over the, over the. Once you hit the 30, 30 to, 30 to 35 range, you're done just like, I am what I am. I'm done with your bullshit. Yep. Suck it up and deal. Yep. If you don't like me, I don't give it. Yeah. I mean, I did kind of forget about my fairy anthropy. Like not forget, forget, but just 
kind of stopped thinking about it for a long time. Like I wasn't really having many shifts. Uh, and then I moved out at 18 and had to focus on adulting. So therianthropy really fell by the wayside and I kind of just stopped thinking about it for a while. And then it wasn't until 2020 pandemic, a whole bunch of things going on. During that time, I had a really shitty job where I was just sitting around doing nothing all day that uh, I really started getting back into therianthropy. So yeah, it could be a thing where teenagers are really focusing on it and forget about it in the suddenly busy with adulting stage. I think there's some merit to that. I think there's some confusion as to what therianthropy is. I think we've touched on that in various podcasts in the past, but I won't go too deep into that at the moment. I remember the HWW days and the drama that uh, ensued from that. I know BP definitely remembers that too. What we saw back then was this kind of separation into groups, and those groups stayed very much alive, but didn't intermingle and didn't interact with the wider world. And what we're seeing now is kind of a resurgence of some of those as they get into their 30s and 40s, and in some cases 50s, mm-hmm. wanting to re-engage because we have a different level of life experience. And you can't sit here and kind of poke at us and say, well, you're not a Therian because it's like, look, Pop, you don't know what the Tricky. you're talking about. You haven't experienced literally half the life that I have. And that's not to say that their experience is not valid. It's not tempered. Yeah, I've seen a lot of gatekeepy stuff myself. Like, yeah, I had to deal with it when I was one of those teenage Therians myself. And then nowadays I go on Reddit and yeah, you see like the younger Therians trying to gatekeep. Like I know at the Pacific Northwest Howl, I met some of the people that designed the Theta Delta and coined the term Therianthropy. And this random kid on Reddit's trying to claim that like, oh, if you believe in this version of therianthropy, then you're not really a Therian. But that in itself would be excluding some of the original founders of therianthropy. Yes, it would. It kind of goes back similar with the furry community of those early years in the 1980s when you saw it just kind of breaking onto the scene as part of the other kin community from the 70s and into the 80s. Similar situation for that. I mean, I know that if I was able to time travel and go back to meet my 20-year-old self, I would smack him around so goddamn much it would be ridiculous because he was an idiot. (laughs) As a 20-year-old or 20-something-year-old, I am very much still an idiot, so you're okay with saying that. Here I am at my current age, and I'm still an idiot as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I've just, I'm a a tempered idiot is all because I've learned all these (laughs) lessons of what not to do and how to, you know, approach things and you learn, you evolve, you grow. That's the best way to put it. From my observation, there's a lot that are in that teenage angsty period into the early 20s, especially, that it's a cool thing. It's, a, it's a, something to put on. It's going to pass. Once you get into your 30s and you're still lingering with this type of situation, you're still dealing with the complications of therianthropy and the questions that are inherent within therianthropy of what am I, who am I, why am I, those big philosophical questions, if it's still there and you're still feeling this connection, it's probably real. It's not a passing fad. I'm not trying to discount anybody's experience. I'm just trying to put a little temperance into it to say, give it a little bit of time and don't dismiss those of us that have been around for a little bit longer than you. We've been through a hell of a lot and we went through a hell of a lot more difficulty and pain 
someone recently shared a, a meme there of, yeah, it was a furry meme, but then it was like, you can replace this with Theory Anthropy, uh, a reporter. Hey, who's a furry? And this group is like, oh, well, I'm a nurse and I'm a mechanic and, you know, I'm a whatever. The next frame is, I eat dog food. Great, you're hired. <laughs> a similar situation. It's like, just because someone's out there and putting themselves out, they probably just like the drama. We here are doing this because it's a passion. It's an interest. It's something we want to share our experiences with. That really sums it up. We kind of don't give a shit <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> I think, though, too, that a lot of the younger people who seem to like really go off on those more explosive tangents or whatnot, too, if you talk to them like a living person and you try to instill that atmosphere of open discussion with them and communication, like actual genuine communication, things go differently. I agree. I got to the point where people can throw their stereotypes and whatnot at me. And I'm like, that's not really what matters to me per se. Like, as I want to know who you are as an individual. I want to know what complications you're having in life as a whole, like even the non-Therian ones. Let's just kind of let me get to know you as an individual and you get to know me as an individual and we'll go from there. It's not so much about trying to pinpoint who has what labels and who is more of this or that or the other. Like, I think that's part of why in my 30s, I've, I've definitely moved away from that. And it's more like a, a practical approach of, OK, well, why does why do these things matter? And my role is usually to try to help people through situations that they've got problems or whatnot, too. So it's, you know, how does it impact your life and and, and where do we go from there, basically? I am so not commenting on our first interactions then <laughs> yeah i'd like to interject and go back to what blue said about going back in time and slapping himself for being so stupid i might argue that being stupid is what got you to where you currently are in the first place you learned from it i would agree with that and appreciate that however that doesn't mean i wouldn't smack myself around if i could <laughs> getting back to how stuff and uh back on the topic of feathers actually so, T.A., I feel like I'm losing my mind, but what do you remember about the rainbowy feather that we found? Oh, yeah. It was so weird. It looked like it was. It had to be from a crow. It, we were debating whether it was like a down feather or a tail feather. But it was short. It was kind of curled and the uh, end cut off abruptly. So it was just a flat edge at the end. We were trying to figure out where the tail feather was, or where where the feather was from. We assumed it was tail, but then it kind of looked like a down feather. We weren't quite sure where it was from because it was the odd shape. Was it like rainbowy? Yeah, it was. It was iridescent. So we can say the story. Uh, we, we picked it up and like we're walking around a little bit, and then at one point we find a frog, and we decide, hey, let's just be derpy cats and derpy cats and, and catch the frog and whatnot too so we both took a chance at it and then at some point in that process even though uh ta had passed the feather to me and i swore i passed it back to him the feather just like evaporates <laughs> so this really pretty iridescent shiny feather just poofs sounds about right i think i might have that feather <laughs> i don't remember where that was I... after you left though it was after you left I have a very similar feather to what you're describing, and it's in my hat right now. Uh, yours is a turkey feather. My daughter loves it. It is a turkey feather, absolutely. <laughs> I just happen to dip it in black ink. But I don't... Um, so, if like, the iridescently shiny ones, though, are those ravens or are those crows? 
I'm not allowed to comment on this, otherwise I would have my eyes pecked out. <laughs> okay, fair. That gives me the answer that I need. But I, but it was just a curiosity because it it was this like really amazingly interesting thing, and then it just disappeared. And or, <laughs> I don't know. And then I felt like I was <laughs> losing my mind. Well, it obviously didn't want to be kept. I had a long ass drive ahead of me. Thank you very much. And I didn't get chocolate. Oh, I didn't get chocolate either. These guys are lame. I got boba tea. That's right. You did have your first experience. And you didn't like the boba tea. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. I got tricked in so many levels. I'm like, oh, you like jellies, yeah? I'm like, yeah, I like jellies. I'm like, oh, yeah, you should. And I'm looking at the, the menus like, oh, Oreo. Yeah, that sounds safe. Okay, yeah, let's get Oreo. <laughs> and oh, you want some boba in that? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, get that boba in there. It's honey. Yeah, honey. I like the taste of honey. Put that in there. And what I get is the taste of cough drop boba mixed with coffeeed Oreo. It's like the most bitter thing in the world, and it's so awful. I'm down for that. That actually sounds actually delightful. Kind of sounds amazing. It isn't! I traded with TA, though. Was mine any better? It was better. I could, <laughs> I could, actually, I could actually stomach that. Hey, nothing can be worse than the place that Zeph brought me on my first visit to him on insistence that... of his mate, where we couldn't even get the beer we wanted because they were out. <laughs> yeah. And then it was definitely special for the rest of the meal because they didn't have, like, two or three things that we wanted. <laughs> yeah. And and we're like, hey, this is... Uh, we just want to give you a taste of local flair. And then, sure enough, they, they had, like, nothing. And it's the first time it's th that we'd gone there where we'd had that kind of experience and, like... Oh. Yeah, I don't know. The ambiance sounds cool. They kept trying to serve you goose. The gosh. Goose. Actually, speaking of before the howl times, there's this point where I completely forgot I was in a public space and kind of let the animal out a little bit. It was right after we were coming out of the chocolate shop. I was sitting around minding my own business, and then this bee gets in my face, and I just let out this big, nasty snarl and get up. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm in the public space. I probably shouldn't have done that. You didn't moo? To be fair, and Obreon can bounce on this too, I think that public space is probably okay with that behavior. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Leggy, can you confirm? I mean, a lo little bit, a little bit not, but you know, <laughs> you do you. I think every Therian has had, or almost every Therian has had, uh, an accidental slip of noise. Like back when I was in high school, uh, I was in woodshop and I was working on who knows what. I get a splinter under my fingernail <laughs> and like my hand recoils. I let out the loudest freaking yelp I've ever let out <laughs> in front of like 15 or 20 teenagers. They all look and stare at me and I'm like, Oh, I messed up. <laughs> throw up my hoodie, throw up my hood, and just rush out of the room. Hashna's got, please don't do it right now because I don't think my ears can handle it. A hell of a fox noise yep. and yelp and I can do it quietly. squeak and whatever the hell Quiet, else yeah. you guys make. And dog noises. <laughs> Literally at one point, Hunter was making 
boofs and we heard this <laughs> response back like it literally sounded like a dog and i'm like is there a dog here i thought it was kind of hashing around the corner it's like is that you <laughs> i was in the caboose and i actually ran outside because i didn't know if someone else's dog had come up on the property and i wanted to make sure that secret doggo wasn't like gonna attack somebody <laughs> crazy story how i discovered i could do that too like I never practiced for it. I guess this is the Farian thing. In high school, I'm walking with this friend through a rural park. I grew up in a small farming town. And uh, we come across this coyote in a field. And I try uh, howling at it. And my howl is horrible. And of course, I'm a teenage Therian at the time. So I think I'm a wolf like every teenage Therian does. <laughs> and I cannot howl to save my life coming out horribly and this coyote's just staring at me like what the hell is this kid doing <laughs> so i like all right that's not working i'm going to try and bark <laughs> so i let out this bark and coyote like their ears perk up and they're like their eyes go wide and they're staring at me <laughs> and like i look over to my friend and they're doing the exact same thing staring at me and i'm like apparently i can bark or else you were saying something in Coyote that was, like, incredibly surreal or rude or what have you. Rude. 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 <laughs> I'm tempted to, like, make a joke about what it could be, but I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. He already did it. Well, I'll just, I'll just say it again in Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, hey, 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 I, I'm, I'm fluent in coyote, by the way. Yes, you are. Oh, God. So if you are, what did I just say? It can't be repeated. <laughs> rawr, rawr. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you see my point exactly. <laughs> and the rain stick sank into the ground versus burning. <laughs> uh. I do have to laugh because the forecast was clear for the entire weekend in advance. And apparently it did rain a little bit the first day you all were there, and right? And thunder. And then the, the very last night, it also, there was a thunderstorm, with it, which was not supposed to have happened. So I don't know anything about any of that. That was between one and two in the morning. I slept like a kitten. <laughs> oh. So you got up and ran around like a maniac periodically? <laughs> I thought it was going to be dry the entire howl. <laughs> now, I have this tent. It's a two-person backpacking tent, and everything, like, there's about a foot of canvas, and then the rest is just bug net. <laughs> Beautiful views. Like, there's this mountain in the Cascades that I set up my tent right on the edge of the cliff, and it's beautiful views. I could watch the stars as I'm falling asleep, and that's exactly what I did. Then 2, 3 a.m., I wake up to, like, raindrops falling on my face <laughs> i'm like shit it's raining <laughs> i rock it out of my sleeping bag i throw on my shoes and i grab my uh rain fly because i had it at the ready just in case this happened so i throw it over my tent real quick and i dive back in <laughs> i was able to keep most of the water out there's still a small puddle so i had to let it dry i did get some water but i did save it <laughs> Better than my first howl experience in Virginia. <sighs> so many people were mad. I'm just glad that none of y'all were 
up and about because when I heard the thunder, I ended up jumping out of my tent naked and running around making sure everything was put away. <laughs> I heard someone running around, but <laughs> yep. I didn't realize you were naked. Yep, that was me lugging about, <laughs> making sure nothing was left out. It's only about five strides across the entire campsite, even though it's like a you know hundred yard campsite across. I didn't know that it was like two or three a.m. Like because I heard someone else walking around, I thought people were still like going to sleep. It was pretty late. I think most of us turned in around eleven, and it was sometime around one because I remember looking at my phone when I heard the one of the thunder woke me up, and I was like. That sounds like rain thunder. And I looked, and I, I don't remember exactly the time, but I was like, eh, okay. And then I heard the pitter-patter of some of the rain, and I was like, well, my rain guard is up, so I'm fine, whatever. I'll go out and back to sleep. Isn't it fortunate, Zeph, you remembered your rain fly this time? Yeah. Well, see, I, I think I mentioned this in the last recording, too, but, like, when I went camping a few months ago, um... I guess Blue can kind of relate to this. Uh, I brought the rain stick, and somehow it rained inside my fucking suitcase, and I cannot figure that out. It's the same time I didn't grab my, my rain fly, but <laughs> yeah, I've learned. I learned. That's because you brought that... I'm sure you brought both things, actually. I So I brought two coyotes that time, which... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was simply trying to honor a spirit, and you went in a different direction. Oh, wait, how did I go in a different direction? You're implying that it was in invocation of that spirit versus Blue. honoring that spirit. Blue, Blue, counting to four is the same as counting to four, right? Wolves like four. It's your relative, so... He's a weird cousin. Uh... I talked to you guys about my cousin. <laughs> Who's in Virginia. <laughs> For those of you who, who uh, maybe haven't had access to <laughs> stuff like the pelts before, like how, how did you feel having them around? Mm -hmm. um, hold on, I think, Black's, I think Black Paws is dying. <clears throat> yeah, I'm uh, fine. <laughs> he got a vole stuck in his throat. <laughs> but like, um, so what did you guys think about having the experience of being able to have things like the pelts around? Like, did it, did it not do anything to you? Did it interest you? Yeah, it was um, like having a nice buddy around. I really enjoyed having the pelts around. Like, I used to have a uh, fox pelt in my uh, bedroom when I was a kid. Brought back some memories of that pelt. I want to get a new one for my truck. It was a completely new experience for me, so I at least, you know, appreciated having the opportunity to see if if I reacted in a certain way or if it was just a cool experience. Did you have any interesting reactions? Not that I know of, or not that I noticed. But you didn't want to give it back, but you kind of did. You climbed on top of the trolley and watched us without anyone noticing you even got up there until you made it a point to make it evident you were there. Did he have the pelt on, though? Right. Not at the time. Not at the time, but he had enough of that <laughs> vibe around him. It literally was, we didn't notice him until he's like, hey! And we're all like, oh! And then <laughs> everyone else tried to go up there on, on top of it. Yeah, and Ash uh, and I made that climb, I think, was it before me? I, th I think so, so, mm -hmm. you know, we both did. I eventually made the climb, but I got up there and I was like, oh, shit, if I make a misstep on the way back down. <laughs> 
I made a real dick move while I was up there. So there was someone sitting on the side next to the fire. I climbed up the other side and like creeped up on them and I tried to scare them, but I stepped on a stick like right before I did that. <laughs> yeah. So like looking back, that was not a good idea. Because no. they were sitting on a ledge that's like 15, 20 feet up off the ground. <laughs> my dumbass decided to go and try and you know scare what? them. It was fine. I had I had my arms around the ladder. I don't think anything would have happened. I would not be able to forgive myself. <laughs> I think you would have been yeah. fine. Well, us felines, we do have nine lives, and we also land on our paws, so it would have been okay. But we also do cucumber jump. We do, yes. So do you guys lose a life every time you turn around and see a cucumber? <laughs> that is a good question. I'll have to make sure I bring a cucumber to the next howl. Hey, Hashna. What's up? I'm down with that. Let's, <laughs> let's bring a bag of cucumbers. No. Hell yeah. We'll bring so many cucumbers. Strategically place them around, like, in the bathroom. <laughs> it's okay if we shred his tent. Right behind Zeph. Throw them in their tents when they're not looking. <laughs> Wrap them up in the fox and coyote pelt. <laughs> oh, God, why am I... Now, now I'm envisioning, actually, me somehow with a cucumber, stalking T.A. in the bathroom, opening the door up real quick, hearing him yell, throwing the cucumber in, hearing him yell about that. Ah! <laughs> the cucumber jumps. <laughs> so many evil ideas. I am chaotic neutral, thank you very much. <laughs> God, what would my alignment be? Chaotic. Fox is chaos. We just don't know what the alignment is. <laughs> just pure chaos. I'm okay with this. I am a fox after all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure BP would be chaotic good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel chaotic. <laughs> it expresses itself differently. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Coyotes are like, they're a refined form of chaos. Foxes, on the other hand, pure, unbridled chaos. Coyotes, they come up with mischief with a plan. Foxes, no. When you're in chaos, you don't realize it's chaos unless you specifically step away from the chaos to observe the chaos. Yeah, I could see that. That's deep. I gotta say, though, I mean, I, I mentioned this at the actual event, but I sort of feel like I, I came into this whole event in kind of a weird position. I mean, you know, most of you, hadn't, you know, have met each other and have, several times in the past, and Hashina hadn't met anybody at all. I don't know how much she talked with y'all before this. I'm not too active. First time I talked to Hashna was at the Howl. But, you know, I've talked with most of you quite a bit in the, like, you know, the months or the years leading up to this. But this was still the first time I'd ever met any of you all <laughs> in, in person. So, in a way, I knew you, but I was still trying to make a first impression. And it felt weird. I'll tell you what, we ruined our first impression with you with that Cards Against Humanity. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, God, did <Yeah>. we ever. <laughs> I mean, even that's useful information, you know, and now I know what to avoid. <laughs> Out of everyone at the Howl, I probably knew Blackpaws the best, even though we barely interacted at the uh, Pacific Northwest Howl. Like, we did a bit, but not a whole lot. Sort of a level to the weirdness, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, like, I'm not active on Discord or Telegram too often, so... Right. Although, as a truck driver, I have listened to basically all of uh, this podcast. I'm sorry. 
I've listened to you guys a lot, but that was really the first time actually meeting you guys. We are so sorry for that. <laughs> sorry. We're not that good. Just me something to do while driving. <laughs> like a 10-hour audiobook? Did we meet all expectations? <laughs> I would say so. I can give you a list of podcasts that are so much better. <laughs> well, I will take that list. <laughs> like a 10-hour audiobook lasts me a single day in this job. <laughs> that is fair. I never know how I come across to people. I mean... People tell me their impressions and I'm stunned because I don't remember, you know, doing or being anything to merit that particular adjective, but and it keeps happening and I have no idea why. And yet you still stick with us. Glutton for punishment? <laughs> I mean, I get that. Kind of like a inability to perceive yourself so it throws you off when other people are suddenly perceiving you. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. I relate to that way too well gonna point out to you that like ta at the end of the trip as i was packing up and getting ready to go out it stole artwork from my car i did <laughs> oh did you did i miss that and inadvertently <laughs> insulted him yes wait insulted me or insulted vp no insulted you oh that was <laughs> that's funny i think but yeah i think um for next year i'll definitely try to put more effort into doing like a workshop or something like that um it sounds like it's something that people would enjoy and i i definitely do agree that this, this year i had all intentions of uh coming like a few days early and it just life happened so <laughs> next year i'll just try to commit to it but it seems like you know those are those are the two big things that seems like we kind of need to focus on i think yeah sure but i mean even the experience i had i guess was out of my norm enough you know that it sticks with you, even after it's over in a, in, a, in a certain way, you know? A lot of people had to sacrifice quite a bit to come to the HAL, and so I'm, I was hoping that people got what they wanted out of it, too. I definitely got what I wanted. Yep, so did I. I'm not sure, you know, if I went into it, you know, with any specific desire, except maybe some selfish impulse for validation or what have you, but uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that's really relevant because the experience itself was i thought worthwhile if there is anything that i was left wanting it would be like more in like proper wild woods like this was in a pretty civilized space but with that being said because i had to take a truck with a trailer i wouldn't have been able to go if it was more mm -hmm. wild but that's something i definitely like about the pacific northwest howl it's a weird contrast because they're like you said you know it's you know way out there the woods are much more dense but on the other hand, you have people across the river, you know, living in actual house site. And I, I don't know, that cuts into the feeling of isolation a bit for me. Yeah, it would for me, too. Yeah, it <laughs> definitely cut into the isolation a fair bit. But like the property that we were on was definitely a lot more woodsy. But I agree with you. I'd much rather be 10 miles up a forest service road. Although, I don't know, Black Paws, if you were at Aaron's Winter Howl last year, that was basically a house party. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was still freaking awesome for what it was. Just sort of an interesting comparison because, you know, both sites have their good points and bad points. And, you know, sometimes the bad points are even good points. And, you know, I'm not exactly sure, you know, which experience strikes me as, you know, like more genuine camping or what have you, you know? I think that's a really important point, though. We make the most of what we can for these howls. 
It mm. isn't about how genuine it is. It isn't about how hardcore you're camping or anything like that. The experience is spending time with others of similar mind. I remember the first time I ran across the concept of Howl, God, so many years ago, when they weren't happening, the entire principle was getting together with those of like mind. That's it. Yeah? That's the principle. We did that. It was definitely a howl. I agree with that. And I still really enjoyed myself. It's What I'm saying is not a complaint in the slightest. Yeah. I'm not saying you are. I'm just trying to make it a, a point to anyone who happens to be listening, all one of you probably, that downloads this many times for whatever reason. We don't understand that. The concept of this is just get together, enjoy, experience this with each other. It doesn't matter if you're in civilization, as we call it. It doesn't matter if you're at a campsite. It doesn't matter if you're at a KOA or a state park or you're deep in the wilderness. Who gives a shit? Get together, enjoy this, and that's the extent of what a howl is, period. If you didn't enjoy it, don't go back. It's that simple. If there was too much drinking, if there was too much smoking, if there was too much spirituality, don't go back. Set up your own. You have that ability to do that. When Zeph started this, there was no template. And I commend him and everyone else who has participated in this and trying to set these up, that you can make this your own. Just making an experience where you're spending time with those of similar mind and heart and open yourself to that possibility, that concept that just maybe what we say we are is what we are, if that makes any sense. And I'm an orange wolf. And there's the baseball and the nose pinch. I agree, though. And I think like I've actually heard people refer to the VA howl as a quote unquote spiritual howl. And I'm like, uh, that's interesting, but... <laughs> It's not really necessarily what we set out to do either. What I've tried doing is like encouraging people to, you know, as we mentioned earlier, how it felt like this howl has built off of foundational pieces from previous howls. And we're trying to take that feedback and kind of help it to continue to evolve. And I like how that's happening. I absolutely do think that there do need to be different howls for different kinds of groups. You're going to have some people who do want to rough it more. There is some merit. If you're going to be in an, an environment where you can rough it a little more, you may be pulled more into your animalistic experience. Having refrigerators and stuff there and a little bit of civilization might not make it quite as animally as some people would want. But some people are more focused on the desire to connect with others who have had similar experiences with their life difficulties, with their animalism in general. So I think it's healthy for the community to have a range of these things for a, a range of different reasons. Therianthropy is in and of itself a pretty interesting spectrum of experiences, so no one howl is going to encapsulate all of that. Fully agree, and I think that that's an important point, Zeph, and I think you have actually done a very good job articulating that over the time. You certainly do a good job of articulating that at the howls and leading up to the howls and trying to encourage others to set up their own individual howls. TA did it. The Northwest Howl, we see some of that in you know Southern Howls. Same concept of it's okay to be different. I don't think I've ever experienced a true spiritual howl myself. Yeah, we get a little bit into that philosophical pieces of it and such at the VA howl, but to me... VA is not a spiritual howl in the slightest. We just simply have a good time. Do I not bring enough spirits? And getting into the elderly set, I like my air mattress. <laughs> I can bring more spirits. How many more spirits do I need to bring? Be careful what you wish for. I'm not even... I've got plenty. I got plenty here. 
And if we had the opportunity to have a howl around a ceremony, then that's totally different. And there'll be a lot more strictness in association with it, and that's okay. That, to me, would be a much more spiritual howl where there's a lot more structure and ceremony around it, and that's okay. You should make sure people are going into it knowing what they know and aware of what the expectations are. And I think, generally speaking, most howls are pretty open about what they're expecting. And if they're open to the public, then cool. Go and enjoy it. Make the most of what you can. I want to pause there for just a second. Uh, It looks like TA is going to hop off. So did you have anything else to add before you do? I've I've said my piece. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Catch you later. Great talking, guys. Bye. I think it's a good point that we should probably think about wrapping up here. For my part, I want to thank everybody who attended the Howl. I want to thank Obreon for helping host it. I want to thank Zeph for helping coordinate it. I want to thank BP for coming in from the Northwest. I want to thank Hoshnuff for coordinating it, uh, an arrangement to be able to be there. Avans for coming again. This is multiple years in a row. It's a Lynx. Yeah, you're a Karen at times. You get the inside joke on that. But hey, it's great. We love having you there. And would love to set up something like a archery thing. I've got a I've got a bow here that we can string up and, you know, bring some stuff down and maybe bring a target, someone local, so I don't have to carry it, bring it all the way from where I am. But I really enjoy getting the opportunity to go down and seeing everybody and experience that. So thank you to the whole crew, everyone who's been able to attend in the past too. It's not just those who came this year. It's year over year over year. Even some of the the folks that won't because of distance or for whatever reason don't want to come again. Hey, that's cool, but, you know, we miss you. I want to thank everybody for making it an experience that I've been able to grow and enjoy and evolve myself through. Yeah, I would say much the same thing. You know, even through my rather infamous doubt and skepticism, all of you did manage to make me feel welcome and make my long journey worthwhile and i am uh raring to return next year uh, hopefully everybody can for those who were planning to come and had some last minute things that just didn't work out we're we're sorry you didn't get to come uh definitely life happens it it, it does it, sometimes it happens very quickly and yep yeah <laughs> we'd love to see whoever can continue to come out to do so and, you know, let's keep building and reviving this tradition. Thank you for having the howl. Thank you guys for coming and making the howl what it was. I had a wonderful time and I'm really hoping I'm going to be able to make it next year. I think I speak for all the regular attendees of the Virginia Howl and saying that we would welcome you with open paws and arms and you're welcome anytime. Absolutely. I agree, but I also I also wonder who these normal attendees are. Are any Therians normal, though? Huh? Are any of us normal? What even is normal? You have to look at the set you have to come up with what normal means. That would be the average, the mean. Now, shoving your paw up a otter's ass may not be considered normal. <laughs> that didn't happen this howl. Wait, this howl, so it has happened. Not at a howl yet. <laughs> we haven't seen it happen at a howl yet. No, it... it you want to dig the hole? I don't... I, I don't... I, I want to say last year's howl. 
I, I don't know what people were doing with my otter puppet or why. I don't know. Let's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you can't have good things. I would just kind of echo what everybody was saying when it comes to just being so thankful for all the people that were able to attend and just also being hopeful that you know, we can keep on with this Virginia Howl for many years to come and get to meet new little critters and get to see the ones I've already met before. So I'm excited for the future. In fairness, everyone is little to Obreon. He's like a giant. Small. Everybody is small. The word. I am not short. I am not. I am pretty chunky myself. Chunk. But Obreon, I look up to. Quite literally. Well, and the thing is, you also being a canine have normal sized legs, unlike the cats. <laughs> and a perfect sized tail. Yes, perfect. I'm saying I've got like loaf legs. You got uh, legs like Secret Doggo. <laughs> Poor Secret Doggo. Fortunately, she still doesn't. She doesn't still smell like leggy lake. That's all that matters. God. All right. Anyone else have final thoughts? No, I think I'm good. I said my piece. Thank you to the listeners for listening to this podcast, even though I'm just a guest and also one of you guys, the listeners. Yeah. Oh, God, that was awkward. I'm going to cringe and I rewatch that or <laughs> re-listen. <laughs> You're welcome, Hashna, anytime. If it's a subject you have interest in when you see it come across the radar, you're welcome. <laughs> Some of the stuff we do is just weird or boring. On that note, then, I think I'm going to crash out. Yep, same here. Yes. Thank you for joining today and for giving your feedback. I was, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be just like a rehash of last year's, and it seems like we got a lot of really good stuff here. Totally. Hopefully it'll help some people feel like they can live vicariously through our house stories. I think people will enjoy this. Great. Thank you again. Yep. Thanks, you guys. It was great chatting with y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Mike. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow.